here you go, son. Here's that new video game you wanted to play so much. Enjoy. Oh, wow. I can't believe I convinced my parents to buy me this mature-weighted video game. Oh, boy. I can't wait to play Adult Life Simulator. All right, let's put it in here. All right, booting up. All right. Oh, man. Now I get to choose a career path. Let's see here. I can choose between, uh, let's see here. We got, uh, got cubicle worker, manual labor, food industry. Oh, well, screw that. Let's, let's get into entertainment industry. You failed to get a job in the entertainment industry. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's, let's try this out. Okay. Two hours later. Oh my God, I've just been filling out paperwork forever in this, in this cubicle. Come on, it's gotta, it's gotta be something, it's gotta be some good part of being an adult. <gasps> Wait, the whole reason I got this mature rated adult life simulator was so I could see naked women. Okay, let's, surely we just gotta look up online how to get to that part. Okay, here we go. 90 minutes later. Oh my God! That's what a vagina looks like? 20 minutes later. Oh, man. I caught an STD in the game. That's not what a vagina is supposed to look like. One hour later. Oh, man. Oh. Oh, man. Another day of work. Now I got to go back home to my, to my stupid wife with her weird vagina. And my kids who won't shut the hell up. Oh, this game. Oh, great. I dropped my keys in the sewer. Great. I've got to take the subway home. Hey, son, how's the video game going? Frankly, Dad, this video game sucks. And I'm going outside to get some sun. All right, son. You go have fun with that. Your old man will just sit here and play this video game for you. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, this doesn't look fun at all. Hold on, son, I'm coming outside to play with you. Welcome to... The show. Hello, and welcome back to Ruben Uncut. Here I am, your main man, Ruben. All right, today's topic. Video games of the future are going to be tedious. In fact, one might say tedious as hell. What, what makes me say that? What makes me say that, you ask? Well, okay, okay, fine, fine. Let's, let's just talk about it, okay? Once upon a time, video games used to be typically, typically, you know, used to be some escapist stuff. Well, either some type of loose novelty game type of thing, you know, like Pong, which is basically like every sport that's ever been there, broken down to its most core elements. 
Or, you know, they've been shit like uh, Legend of Zelda. Super Mario World. Turok Dinosaur Hunter. That one's a little bit more niche. But uh, you get the idea from the title. The most video games are escapist entertainment. However, what's interesting about this is at the same time, we are constantly shown in movies and television a futuristic future of video games. And that future is almost always presented in one of two ways. Either as a holodeck from like Star Trek or, you know, virtual reality sets like from, you know, everything else. And of course, you've got also things like The Matrix and Ready Player One. Stuff that implies the virtual world will be indistinguishable from the real thing. Now, frankly, that's hor that that's vaguely horrifyingly dystopian. If you can't tell the difference between the video game and your real life, it's a little scary. It's a little bit scary of an idea. In my opinion. That but you know, I'm just I'm a very grounded person. I don't like the idea of reality just flippity flopping on me. Like some kind of post-coital elephant penis. I'm sorry, that was a weird one. I, I you know, you, you're making these things up on the fly. They can't all be they can't all be not weird. So, but like, here's the thing. The idea of this total immersion video game is a thing that we have been striving for in video games seemingly since forever no matter where you go video game it's somewhere in video game culture is someone saying it needs to be as real as possible now at a certain point people realize that that's Ridiculously expensive, and now only AAA major studio video games are aiming for anything resembling super realistic stuff, which, no mind. I like that there's a bunch of indie video games out there that feel like throwbacks to the 16-bit era of video games. That's cool. Now, there are also lots of video games now that are out that uh very popular right now and i consider these video games also sort of a step towards why i'm telling you the future of video games might suck so you may or may not have heard of the video game animal crossing which was very popular during the pandemic because you know it allowed people to simulate living in a more idyllic situation instead of the apocalyptic nightmare scape that America was becoming. For those of you not familiar with the game Animal Crossing, Animal Crossing is a video game from Nintendo. It originally started on the N64, but uh, never came out in America until the GameCube. Animal Crossing is a game that presents a very simple concept, which is that you are an adorable, vaguely androgynous, human-looking person 
Now it does offer you distinctive male and female clothing and facial. Well, not and uh, no, the facial stuff's pretty androgynous. It seems like it's gender tilted, but in all honesty, in all honesty, it's all pretty. It's all seems pretty gender neutral when you look at it. Gender flexible? I don't know. Point is, that's not important. They look like dolls. You live. You look like a doll. You live on an island, and you get to customize almost every single aspect of living in that island. In the in the Nintendo Switch version, you literally get to even landscape and geoform or terraform the, the fucking island. So it's a game for people who like to customize stuff. However, at the end of the day, it is a game where the literal point of the game is to live on this island, make friends with the neighbors, and pay off your fucking mortgage. Well, actually, it's not really a mortgage. They're more like loans that are given to you by the by the monopolistic capitalist leader of this island, the wreck, uh, Tom Nook, the raccoon. Now, you may say, hey, he's not that bad of a guy. He's helping us to live on this island. And it's not like he's charging us outrageous amounts of interest on these loans. So, you know, he's at least better than student or credit cards or or bank loans or any of the loans we get in real life. And those are fair points. But like literally he gives you things and then gives you the loan for him. OK, and you have to pay it off. It's it's a trap. It's a he is a renaissance literally game about all this stu- doing all the stuff that I personally, you know, play video games not to deal with. You hear me? You hear me? It's, 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 I mean, people like it. People are into it. People who are, I, I have a theory that these people are very much into customization. Uh, I'm not interested in that. I like a video game that sits me down and says, hey, here's some, Here's some goals to achieve. Here's here's a here's a list of goals to achieve that you never do in real life. Go do them, whether that's fighting your way through a horde of aliens, uh, scaling a giant magic mushroom, or you know, generally speaking, uh, saving the galaxy. That's that's my idea of a game. I'm like, oh, I get to choose how the character looks and everything he wears. I'm not going to lie to you. When I play a video game, I mean, sure, I, I'll take a few minutes to make to do that stuff. But, oh, my God. Half the time, I'm just... Half the time, my brain interprets any sort of cu- character customization as something that is standing in the way of me playing a game. The game is not happening during those moments for my brain. Uh, maybe I have an addict's brain. I don't know. I do. I almost definitely do. Um, but the point is, is that that is not my jam. That to me, that is like the homework before I get to play a game with with more depth, or at least a game that hopefully has more depth. Sometimes you get into a game that has extensive char- character customization, and you have to wade through it. And then you get into the game, and you're like, I don't even see my own face the whole game. And it's and it's nothing like it's like it's cool that in the in the new game high on life, you get to pick your your own your own face slash ethnicity. But like. 
It's not like you ever see yourself in the game. You could have imagined yourself as any ethnicity in the world. I mean, your sister's white, so I guess it helps to clarify that you don't have the same ethnicity if you don't want to play the same ethnicity. But that's... I'm getting on a tangent here. Okay. My point is that the world has also seen many games like The Sims and Animal Crossing. And I will not begrudge anyone who enjoys and finds these games entertaining. But I don't get it. Uh, sure, do I own The Sims? Sure. It was $5. that goes on sale for ridiculous prices all the time. Of course I own The Sims. Do I play it much? Well, no. Outside of the fact that I, I learned that there was a... I found out where to download a bunch of mods so that my Sims could have sex and do drugs. But, you know, that's... That's entertaining for like a day. Then you just have to, I don't know. My point is it's, it's fun. That's fun for like a day. And then it's not anymore. You hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying. I'm not a person who spends a lot of time having to, like, when I think about what I'm wearing, I only think about two things. Am I comfortable in it? Does it show off my guns? That's not true. I worry about being a cringy adult. So sometimes I pull out a t-shirt and I'm like, this is a show I was in when I was when I was 16. Am I going to wear this shirt out in public? And uh, the answer is sometimes I do. But uh, at the same time, same time, my more primary thought is, holy fuck, I can wear a shirt that I wore when I was a teenager. It's a t-shirt, so it's not really a major accomplishment. It has, there's no sleeve. The sleeves are short. And it's stretchy. And at some point, I have a few shirts that are medium-sized, because at some point, child me was like, No! I have unrealistic expectations of my body size! Tiny bastard. I'm not a bastard, but that's besides the point. Where was I? Video games. Right. So, those types of games are a thing. In the show Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty play a game called Roy. I think it's called Roy. I might be messing that up. But the point of the game Roy is that literally you jack into it virtually and you literally just live a dude's life where you can do anything, anything as this dude. And in the show, Morty lives like a very typical, like average person life, like arguably mildly like moderate level of success as a person and then he's and then one day he falls off a stool in his shop and dies and then and rick's like oh you're lame you didn't even blah blah, blah and says all the types of weird life achievements he never even tried to do next thing you know more rick is playing the video game and and there's this whole and people are coming over and watching him play the video game and they're saying stuff like oh my god he's He's going off the grid. He doesn't have a social security number and other things like that. But the point is that when, when Morty was playing the game, he couldn't tell that he was playing the game. It was completely immersive and had the level of detail you would need to make all every single kind of choice in life, even stuff like not having a social security number. And the thing about that is, is that that strikes me 
It's not a game I'd really want to play. I mean, sure, there is an appeal of living uh, your life, living a different life, making different choices, having the freedom to make those choices without consequences. I get that. Okay, I could see that video game. Here's the thing I don't want to play a video game to do, though. Am I going to have to brush my teeth in this video game? Do I have to tie my shoes in this video game? Because the answer is, is that any way you would normally do that in a video game now would break immersion. If you suddenly pulled up a, a menu and it was like, a, equip shoes, you would know, unless you were out of your mind, that this was a video game. Because that's not how we equip shoes in real life. And we also don't call that equipping shoes. We call it putting on shoes. What I'm saying here is if we get to the point of total immersion video games, will I have to tie my own shoes in the video game? Will I have to spend periods of the video game pretending to sleep? I mean, I would, I mean, I imagine they could fast forward through that some way or at least give me a wacky dream loading screen that would probably not break immersion but like will i have to do all the things i need to do to survive in in real life will there be huge portions of every video game where you're just doing stuff like getting dressed where you're just doing stuff like paying taxes will i have to cook every meal will i only be able to eat foods i know how to cook when i play video games sometimes especially very like immersive very detailed world video games one of the things i'll do is i'll i'll look for the seams of the world i'll see where the world stops allowing me agency i'll try and find where the invisible walls are where where some type of architecture has been put in place so that you don't just wander out of the of the world. I'm always looking for that stuff in there. I also did this. <laughs> I also did that kind of thing when uh, I uh, I also did that kind of thing when I uh, went to see Otherworld in Columbus, which I hear they've just opened one in Philadelphia, PA as well. Uh, which, by the way, is an incredible art installation that blew my mind at the time, and not just because I was ludicrously high. Uh, I was there. Otherworld is awesome, but when I was there, the thing I was looking for were the seams, and I, it just seamlessly, it was like I was in a whole other world. It was as immersive as I would hope a video game would be, but in like a dreamlike way. In video games, I look for those seams. Don't know why. Don't know why entirely, but I do find it fascinating to find them. But my thing here, I guess, is what I'm saying is, is I don't know if I necessarily understand the value of a total immersion video game. I mean, at that point, you're essentially trying to just live out an entire other reality of an, an act of true escapism beyond just stories and games and even sleeping to a certain extent. An escapism where 
you could feel that your other world, that this other experience was just as real as anything that you were part of in the real world. What I'm saying is, unless that reality is somehow vastly superior to the real world, that is a shitty video game. I mean, like, you see, the pro what I'm imagining is a video game where in that video game, my character could be a loser and play video games instead of paying their bills. What if you play a totally immersive video? Like, because that's the other thing of a totally immersive video game. You would also have downward, upward, up, downward economic mobility in the video. Like, if it were a truly immersive video game, then you could screw up your life just as easily as you could in real life, which might be hilarious, but if it's totally immersive and you to the point where you believe it's real, that could also be stressful. And actually, you know, your brain could interpret it as trauma. So I'm gonna say something that might sound counterproductive to some people. I like that video games are fake. I like that when I'm playing a video game, I know I'm playing a video game. I get all my little dopamine and other chemical receptors all fired up and it's fun. But at no point am I playing the video game and going, ah, this is my life now. No, at some point during that video game, some part of me is going to be like, oh, man, I've been playing a fucking video game a while. I should probably not do something. should probably do something else so I don't feel like a loser. So sometimes you just got to get off your couch, get up, record a podcast about how you don't want to feel like a loser. Because a podcast is an imaginary way to feel productive. Where was I? Okay. Anyways, video games. I think the future of video games could be potentially tedious as hell. And the more customization that we allow in video games, the more tedious it could potentially become. However, also more lucrative. Because that's the other thing, is that customization has broken into capitalism has come flooding into video games. And before, I mean, capitalism was always in connected to video games. Video games were always entertainment to bring money from your pocket and put it in the pocket of the, the wealthy masses. That was always the deal. That was always the goal. That was always the plan. But now, you see, back in the day when you bought a video game, and actually, if you go back and you look at an old video game like an NES cartridge, if it still has all the stickers on it, you might even see this on the back, where it actually tells you Owning this cartridge is a license to the game. When you bought a hard copy of something, it was essentially a license. The license was included with the product. But nowadays, when we buy video games, we're not always buying the license. If you buy it in a hard copy, you are. If you don't buy a hard copy, you're essentially paying for the service, for the access. You're paying for the access itself, you don't own shit, which has actually resulted in some games being erased or removed entirely from the internet. But that's entirely unrelated to, uh, to where I was. Oh, wait, that's right. That's where I was going with that. Okay, so the thing is, this added customization has also given capitalists 
the ability to nickel and dime gamers who are interested in customization. The ability to charge people for different game for different suits, different weapon, uh, different weapon uh, skins. Skins for those who don't play video games is what we call the textures that are mapped onto various virtual objects to give them the appearance of what they are, of what they are supposed to represent. Now, for people who know less about video games than that, a texture is essentially a 2D graphic that is then essentially painted or, or stretched over a 3D polygon polygonal shape, uh, normally to resemble a person or a creature or a some type of item. And I, I'm getting lost in the sauce. Okay, where was I? The point is, is that this customization has brought in the tedium of capitalism itself meaningless visual upgrades being sold for ridiculous amounts for ridiculous sometimes ridiculous amounts of money when i was first when i was playing halo infinite uh the other year uh, a, a distinctive thing that i noticed was just uh a distinctive thing that i noticed was that it was Every customizable thing was just way overpriced. They eventually brought down the prices. I don't know how much they cost to make those things, but the price still seems high. Uh, it's just now not outrageous. And of course, the thing about this virtual nickeling and diming of virtual customizations to your video games, like essentially new costumes for your characters, is itself something that is can pull us out of the video games, you know, as they decide to do things like add advertisement to these things. Because slowly, the advertising, the tedium of advertising has also been bleeding into video games. Actually, to be fair, to be fair, this is not entirely new. This is something that has been, the earliest I am aware of it happening uh, was that old TMNT video games, um, I believe in the arcade, would actually feature Pizza Hut branded pizza. Um, however, these would later remove from later versions of the game as the licensing deal with Pizza Hut had ended. But also there's just tons of, lots of NASCAR video games have almost always had that type of content in it. Now, of course, the best video games that feature quote-unquote commercials feature made-up satirical commercials. But that's, that's beyond the, that's besides the point. The video games slowly begin to add more gameplay features that are akin to annoying bullshit in real life. For example, um, having to be places at specific times of day. Like if you're playing, uh, you know, Grand Theft Auto or uh, Legend of Zelda, or, or uh, any number of open-world games, you may find that there are some missions where you have to, you can't do them at night or day. You have to move a specific character who is only active at specific times of the day in the game. Just one more way. It's more like real life.
And the major, the major thing that I'm scared of, though, that I'm very worried about in the future is that we won't have fast travel options. Okay. All right. So this, this is already a thing. If you play open world video games, for those of you not familiar with video games, an open world video game is any game that essentially, instead of featuring a series of chapter-like levels, features instead a wide open world that you can either explore the entirety of at your leisure or explore most of it with certain areas being opened up with certain progression in the game, either a storyline opening up a bridge or something like that, or a new item like a grappling hook making it so you can now reach heights you couldn't before. Now, the major challenge with every open world game, of course, is how do you get from point A to B at a rate where the world simultaneously still feels giant and open, but also not incredibly agonizing to traverse? And because this 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 is the tricky thing. So video games, by and large, have had similar solutions to the real world, which is things like cars and horses and trains, being various vehicles of any kind to transport you from one thing to another. Now, video games, however, also have something frequently called fast travel. Now, fast travel is normally only there for returning to locations you've always you've already traveled to before, but you have to admit that that would be an incredible thing if we had it in real life. It's a shame we don't have fast travel in real life, because it would basically be us teleporting from one part of the game to another, unless the game you're playing is Pokemon, where it's implied that you are flown. Now, a big part of now this has meant that open world games have largely leaned into their game design in the necessity of having to make traveling at least less painful. But in some cases, in some of the best cases, at least tra make travel fun. For example, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild in this open world game, I have to say, they nailed it. Ze Link's ability to move and zip around the world, his various way items help him travel, and the fact that he can climb any surface in the game, as well as do things like, like uh, essentially parasail from high, from high areas with, with his little parachute thing, make the game a lot of fun to traverse. In all honesty, I played Skyrim after Breath of the Wild, and Skyrim felt like a chore to traverse. To be fair, it does have fast travel to lighten that load. But like, if you don't have a horse, you're just running around, barely being able to jump over things. And it's kind of annoying. Not trying to downplay that game. It's a great game. I'm just saying, traveling through that world without the fast travels is not fun. And of course, Grand Theft Auto introduced the car mechanic which uh, essentially the ability to steal any car in the game makes it so that, uh, you know, it's your elite. Not only will cars get you everywhere in the game a little bit faster than walking, but also it initiates a gameplay element 
of stealing the car, hoping cops don't see you. If the cops do see you, they chase you. When I was a kid and watched people play Grand Theft Auto, it was, I always had more fun just watching them run from the police. That was exciting. I don't know. Me personally, I couldn't get into Grand Theft Auto because for some reason, I was not as drawn to the idea of just creating random mayhem. I would do the story missions and get bored. That's Grand Theft Auto 3 I'm talking about, by the way. It was a long time ago. Grand Theft Autos have come a long way since then. Now they have way more tedious real-life bullshit in them. <sighs> the open-world Spider-Man games, of course. Well, actually, technically, I could say the open-world Spider-Man and the open-world Batman games made their traveling entertaining via essentially being able to, like, use spider webs and bat grappling hooks to launch your, to basically fly around the city, essentially. That was always a good time. Always a good time. Although the fourth Batman Arkham game introduced the uh, driving, driving around in the Batmobile, which you would think, you would think be hard to fuck up. However, they did. Uh, and that's, it's almost unforgivable, really. It's almost, almost unforgivable. However, let's take this to the next level. The future of gaming, I mean. You see, right now, that's what traveling in video games is like. And you can think what you like about that. However, uh, the thing that... Uh, might want to take into consideration here is that if we're going for total immersion plus total customization, we're going to be talking about some ridiculously stupid shit in our video games, like having to keep up with car maintenance. Yeah. Yeah, making sure you're always taking the car into the mechanics when it's acting weird and making sure you get all those weird fluid changes your vehicle needs. Figuring out price points, having various businesses that are going to rip you off and ones that are going to cut you deals, having to deal with shitty mechanics, shitty car salesmen, shitty insurance agents. Yeah, no, this, this future of video games sounds like a blast. And would it be that much more entertaining? Would it in any way be that much more entertaining to do the same thing? But, you know, with hover cars, oh, the lithium crystals have been, have been depleted. Oh, man, I can't. Not that. The lithium crystal prices are ridiculous right now. Oh, man. I'm glad I got my hover car insurance. Oh, man. The paint job that I paid extra to have got scratched in the parking lot. My decals. Those decals, I got those decals in a loot box, and some fucker just keyed my car. Initiate PvP. Okay, the point is, the point is, if we're talking about a truly immersive experience, that means including shit that sucks. Can't wait to get divorced in a video game. <laughs> Can't wait to get sued in a video game. <laughs> Can't wait to fill out paperwork in a video game. Oh, wow. 
Oh, man. Can't wait to have to go through school in the video game. You had to repeat the level because you failed to learn cursive. What? No. Oh, boy. You made it to level 12. Now you get to vote and do jury duty. The point is, is that the future of video games is at a very real risk of forgetting that video games are about getting away from all the bullshit. And I'm okay with less immersion. Video games are, you know, fun. Thank you for listening to Ruben Uncut. If you've enjoyed this audio podcast experience, uh, please do uh, subscribe or like or follow or uh, leave a positive review, depending on whatever is going on, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also email the show at rubenuncut at gmail.com. Leave me a voicemail at anchor.fm if you feel so inclined. This is the first episode of season two. And uh, we'll see where it goes. Excited. Have no idea how it'll be different than season one. But it's a whole new world. A whole new world. Copyrighted. So stick around and have a good time. I hope. I hope this was mildly entertaining. It probably meant nothing. Bar, 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 bar.